Backrip Media presents NF Teach. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy. Always happy to have Jacob Eisenberg of NBA Top Shot on the show. Um, we jump into a couple different topics on this one. We talk about the big edition of the WNBA. I actually recorded this like minutes before the WNBA drop happened. Also discuss my Chicago Bulls free agency because there's no way I was going to have him on and not ask him his thoughts about that. Uh, and also talk about in real life utility, the the market swing here, and uh, countless other NBA Top Shot topics. I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's always good to have Jacob on the program. Without further ado, let's jump into it with Jacob Eisenberg of NBA Top Shot. Here we go. And we are back. Joining me on the MyMoment.com guest line is none other than Jacob Eisenberg, head of community for NBA Top Shot. Jacob, how are you? How you doing, man? Good to see you again. Man, so much has happened since the last time I had the opportunity to speak with you. How's life treating you these days? Yeah, man. When was that? I, I genuinely forget. It was what episode was. five. It would have been somewhere mid June. It's crazy. It could have been. You could have told me it was April, and I would have believed you. <laughs> it, time is a blur in twenty twenty one. Things are good. Very exciting week. Admittedly, a little tired today. It's been a busy week for us, um, but super excited about the launch of the WNBA on Top Shot and. Uh, as we're recording this, we're about 20 minutes out from the general queue going live. So hopefully yeah, you've got another window open and you don't can get worry, man, I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded for tonight. I'm really excited about that. I want to get into that with you, but let's not bury the lead, Jacob. I want you to talk about my bulls. Just had some big news breaking tonight about Derek Jones Jr. Coming over mm -hmm. as part of a trade. Finally, Lowry Markinen is gone, of which I'm very excited to see him go. He needs a new start. What do you think of my bulls free agency so far? So I loved Lonzo and Caruso, was extremely bullish on those two moves. DeRozan, I'm a fan of DeRozan. I just don't know if I love DeRozan with Vooch and Levine. Like there's only one basketball to go around and don't know if he complements that core as well as you know some other options may have. Even Thad Young for what it's worth, I thought was underrated and would have been a really nice person to have on that type of a team. Um, but I think you guys are right there. You're in like the same tier as the Knicks, probably same tier as I think the Pacers are going to surprise people with a, a big comeback here. Um, now that they have Rick Carlisle and TJ Warren will be healthy and, you know, they have not had very much injury luck over the past few years, but that's something that you can't, bad luck can't stay bad forever. Can't prepare for that either. It just sort of happens. But I, I like what you guys did. I mean, you're going for it. I thought that, I don't really understand the Cavaliers ever, um, but especially today, I thought Larry Nance was definitively the best player in the three-team trade, and they were the team that also gave up a pick, I believe, about, or maybe it was Portland that gave up the pick, um, in which case that makes sense. Overall, though, like I think Derek Jones comes in, helps you guys, uh, you know, fills an obvious role that him and, I guess, Patrick Williams are going to trade off at the four a bit. I think Derek Jones Jr. could be uh, undersized five uh, in some pinches. Um, we'll see. I mean, I've never been the biggest Vooch fan. I think Vooch is incredibly skilled and talented. I just also know that Enos Cantor is incredibly skilled and talented and goes for the mid-level or less every yeah. free agency. And, and defensively, 
you know, he's not going to be your stoic rim protector. Uh, and in compensating for that defensively is going to be a challenge. I'm with you. So sounds like you're you're bullish on the Lonzo and the uh, on the Caruso move. I was really happy. I'm, I'm a Texas A&M guy, so obviously getting Caruso was really exciting for me. But yeah, DeMar DeRozan was the one that I'm excited about. But yeah, there is only one basketball. Should be interesting to see. Yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked if DeRozan's actually kind of your nominal point guard on offense, right? Like like primary facilitator and Lonzo plays off him as kind of a three and D wing, which is what he's become though. It's been subtle enough over the years and people are still hoping that he becomes kind of more like what LaMelo is. Um, I love Caruso always have, I actually, he was one of my first assignments when I was at draft express. So I scouted him for the full year when he locked up, Buddy healed in the tournament that year. I was just like, there's no way this guy isn't a starter in the NBA one day. And is he a starter? Is he a better off the bench? Like that could be quibbled with. Um, granted, I also said the same thing about Ron, about Ron Baker. So I've definitely been wrong. Um, but Crusoe's just good. Like, I think it's a, I think the Lakers are going to really miss him and them losing him is actually the one thing that makes me a little cautious from saying the Lakers are the prohibitive favorites in the West. Wow. Well, there you have it. So let's talk WNBA today. I, I feel like talking about anything else uh, just doesn't really seem right. So talk to me about how long this has been in the pipeline, you know, with Dapper and, and what sort of the development has been in terms of making this a reality. Yeah, so it first came on my radar, I want to say January, maybe early February, um, as something we definitely wanted to do, something that the W was in on and wanted to do with us. Um, and honestly, the, the biggest thing that prevented us from doing it during the regular season of the NBA was uh, just adding so many new players, so many teams, so many new filters to the marketplace, because um, that's a non-trivial amount of dev work. Um, so when we were kind of budgeting between, do we do this, or I'm trying to like do the mental math of what prioritizations we chose over it but certainly there have been a lot of improvement like showcase quests is a good example now now well, showcase no, challenges no. um like that was something that also took non-trivial amounts of dev work to build so and you know i could go back further into the last six months and think about all the other stuff we've built in that time as well so all of these decisions like we hear the same things every single day from the community you guys should build this you should build that they don't get built overnight. So it's always a, a matter of picking when's the right time to slot it in. Uh, obviously our North Star is growing and what are the things that we can do that you know change the equation for our ability to grow? Like that's obviously top priority. And then there are some cosmetic things that our existing community is ravenous for and we will get to um, but in the pecking order of how we prioritize which things we're building, um, we always have to take that into our equation. So can you talk a little bit about how the w, WNBA product is going to roll out in terms of maybe uh, like sort of a, I guess, a light version of a content roadmap? Can you sort of hit some high notes and low notes with what we should expect as collectors? Sure. All that we are 100% locked into right now is... The drop today, common drop, 54,000 packs or so dropping um, in the general queue. And then we've got a historic, not run it back, but a historic WNBA drop coming in 
sometime in September, I would say safely, I, I would venture to guess on the by mid-September, you'll see announcements, if not sooner. Um, and that will feature some WNBA greats, Lisa Leslie, for sure. I anticipate being in there. Um, hopeful we'll be able to get some rookie moments from some of today's stars in there. So it won't be kind of running it back to one specific season as much as kind of really encompassing which moments defined the, the making of what the WNBA has become today. Um, so that will be kind of our goal for that drop and that will be a rare. Um, from there, we'll have another common drop uh, featuring kind of a complementing uh, release to what we're doing today. So you'll see some more moments from some of the players that were Top Shot debuting today. So maybe you'll see Diana Taurasi's second moment on Top Shot, whatever that might look like. Again, I don't know if she'll be in the historic drop or not. So don't quote me on that, but just kind of the concept. And then there will be a legendary drop that's breaking down the very best moments from the WNBA playoffs, which obviously have not yet happened. Wow. I mean, I think from just your, your sort of, I would put myself in terms of my collector perspective is just when the market went down and everyone was panic selling, I held on to everything I had because to me, one, it was a long-term play. I imagine giving my top shot collection to my sons as, as they got older and as I got older and I just, I was not in it. I never was in it to try to make a quick dollar, but like there's tons of development that has happened in the past month in particular. I mean, going back to the finals and having the in real life experience, summer league, uh, Pac Rip Ewing did a great job recounting his sort of um, both ends, bookends of the, the summer league trip. Like was all of this on yours, your team's radar the whole time. So, you know, in terms of, people being frustrated or people being, you know, angry or whatever in your, the back of your mind, were you kind of just feeling like just, just slow down and wait because these things are coming or did a lot of these things happen in reaction to sort of the, the way things were going? I would say there's a combo of both, but overwhelming majority were in the plans, which was especially frustrating as I'm like trotting out to office hours every Friday, not able to spoil any of this breaking news wanting to save it for the big announcements, but seeing this vitriol of the community of like, they're doing nothing, they don't care, that's all a money grab. It's like, we only knew all the good stuff we have up our sleeve. And, you know, I, I teased that at some points and that hinted like, hey, we're very confident in the things that are coming. Um, but it's tough because, you know, when, when people's account values are down, they want to be negative. Like they, they feel and I'll say this today, right? Like the marketplace is doing well and I want to be very clear. And I've said that I said this in March, so I'm going to stick true to it. No matter if things are down or things are up, only spend money on top shot that you can afford to lose. Do not go into top shot necessarily expecting it to be an investment, go into it because you enjoy collecting the greatest moments from the NBA. And I will say that even if the marketplace is ripping, I will say that if things are down, I want to be consistent there because if you're coming into Top Shot to get rich, you're going to be disappointed. Now, okay. I always likened it to an arcade where you can go to the arcade, you can be really good at the games at the arcade, you can collect enough tickets to go to the prize booth and redeem your PlayStation. But you're not going to the arcade to win a PlayStation. You're going to the arcade to have fun. There are a lot uh, less costly ways to get a PlayStation if uh, then, then going to the arcade to get it where they mark it up like 6 trillion percent. So point taken. 
Jacob, with the WNBA, do you like? I know there with the fandom tier starting and people being able to kind of get moments from games that they're attending, and this sort of starting to happen. Will the WNBA potentially have that sort of functionality happening as well? Um, I think there's still a lot to figure out. If I'm being frank, so like. If you want to be more specific about kind of what you're thinking, I, I can maybe parse that a little further. So is, do you imagine a world where I could be attending a WNBA game and I could then somehow get a moment from said game in my collection? I think it's possible. We're not ruling out anything. Now, without all that being said, we're looking at the data from Vegas to determine, is this a good top of funnel growth activation? Is it better for our existing community? Like, I think it's all a little too premature to speculate years from now what that will look like. Obviously, it was non-trivial amount of effort to get that that booth in Vegas together and, and get all of the team out there. So we'll have to be very kind of disciplined about like, is this the best way to grow the product? Is this giving us the best kind of return on our time investment? Um, and, and I think with the W, it's, it's clear to me that what we've been really successful with with the with the the NBA product is we've turned casual fans into diehard fans and we've turned people that didn't care anything about the NBA into casual or big fans of the NBA in not very much time. And my anticipation is we'll be able to do the same with the WNBA, where I I'm kind of, I would say I'm a casual WNBA fan. Uh, my my history goes back to the inaugural WNBA All Star Game, which I went to for, as my birthday present in the late nineties. And I've been a fan. I know all the star players. I would not be able to tell you who the sixth man on or sixth woman on most teams is. Uh, there are a few teams where I could get you, but I, I think through Top Shot, I will be a much bigger fan or at least a much more kind of active aware fan. Attentive, so, observant yeah. fan, right? Yeah. Historically I've watched like the finals and I've watched some landmark games like Sabrina's debut in the bubble. Um, but I think going forward, it will be really interesting to see how Top Shot influences my fandom of, of the W. What do you expect? Is there anything you can share about sort of team collecting um, and, and the future of team collecting in the sense of, uh, obviously I'm a huge Bulls collector. I'm a Jimmy Butler run it back away from having my my season one done, my series one done, my series two is done. And I've been even stacking moments in series two. Like I just got the VOOC uh, MGLE. Uh, so I've been picking up nice moments as I go. Uh, anything you can share about sort of the idea of team collecting? We saw it with the Suns and how you use the, the team collections from the Suns to kind of help generate raffle tickets for the finals experience. Um, anything you can share along team collection lines? Yeah, I think we'll look into more of those types of engagement plays. We do know these teams want to know who their biggest fans are. And Top Shot, as the currency of being an NBA fan, does a great job of kind of helping bridge that gap and help them identify, help us identify who are the super fans of these teams. Um, one thing I would like to kind of emphasize, and our economists edit during his office hours, so I'm not breaking news here, though I don't think it's fully been uh, taken in and, and digested by the community with the amount of emphasis that I think it should, is we're not, we're not creating a top shot dynamic where bottlenecks are kind of our holy grail. We're not like intending to have bottlenecks be our long-term kind of 
fork in the road for people to determine, oh, if I want to complete the Philadelphia 76ers complete team set, this will be the only Michael Carter Williams Sixers moment ever. Therefore, I need to get it. Like that's not our intent. And I think too often people are not heeding our words of collect what you love, but they're going at it from a much more kind of financial perspective. Yeah, they're going at it as, as a how can I be a part of the bottleneck today so I don't have to worry about it tomorrow. Yeah, I would and that's agree. not that's not how I would recommend collecting on Top Shot because. Uh, we can say it, but until you see it in product, it's see, not, not you specifically, of course, Jeremy, but until you see Michael Carter-Williams on the Sixers in product, for whatever reason, people aren't going to heed to the, that wisdom of don't collect strictly because you think it's a bottleneck because the bottlenecks are not permanent bottlenecks, or at least they're not designed to be permanent bottlenecks. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what would you say is the proudest Top Shot accomplishment over the past two months since the last time I spoke with you in mid-June? If, if you're looking, you know, backwards, what would you say you're most proud of that you you guys have achieved as a team in the past couple months? So I think the thing I'm most proud of is something that you all don't see from the outside looking in, but it manifests itself in positivity on a daily basis. And and the the very direct answer to your question there is the, the number of people that have joined our team that we've onboarded that were not part of the NFT space, not part of the top shot community before joining our team at Dapper Labs, it's a tremendous number of people. I, I would venture to guess two, three, four dozen people that are working on the top shot product today that coming in a couple months ago may not have been super familiar with kind of all of the politics of why we make our decisions and how we make our decisions and how we have to keep the community in mind with every turn that we do, even if it means that we're not kind of blowing the roof off of growth, right? Like, I, th I think the easiest example is marketplace is ripping. You're not seeing our messaging every day be bye, 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 bye. This is the only time you got to get in, right? Like, that is a very easy way to grow. We've seen that in the past. Like if the message is I can buy today because it will be worth more tomorrow, that translates really well to signups because it's a very compelling reason to jump in today. Um, but yeah, just to go back to it, like I think you saw maybe at the start of the NBA playoffs, this perception of they're going to turn the switch on and all of a sudden all of the marketing is going to activate. And I think marketing A doesn't work that way and B, I think there was a lot of maybe having to take a step back to go two steps forward as far as teaching people. Now I'm not the one sending every email on behalf of the company. And that means that I can do other things that are impacting our long-term trajectory or joining you for podcast appearances or restructuring how we do office hours, all this stuff that I think we've always wanted to do, but we were so bogged down in the day-to-day -day grind. But of course, when I onboard a new email writer, that is going to be a learning process. It's not going to instantaneously mean that they start day one and all of a sudden I'm relieved of those duties. So I think our ability to kind of pass the baton from player to player on our team has put us in a really, really exciting position long-term that, okay, now we're all kind of getting into the roles where we can shine most. Um, but then I think the easy answer on stuff you do see is we've proved this concept of IRL utility that I think our community thought was a year or two years away. And we managed to do three really exciting kind of unviable NBA experiences in the span of a month and a half. And that's pretty exciting too. And, and while I, I agree that the 
the opportunity for in real life experiences is really incredible and really powerful. And I've spoken to people who've attended and seen blog posts written by people who've had the opportunity to be fortunate enough to be selected to attend these. You know, I, for me, I actually think the showcase quest is, is a much more exciting sort of common use application of Top Shot. One, because it gives me the ability as someone who's collected a lot of moments to use them for something. Like every showcase quest that's happened, I've had all the moments I've needed for it. And, you know, it's not like a, a challenge where I have to go chase in the marketplace to purchase specific moments. Like it kind of rewards me for collecting. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that from a UX perspective and a UI perspective, those moments that I have that fit the criteria are right there. Uh, right. It's really nice. Yeah, I, look, I totally agree. I think uh, that's something that we knew we wanted to build. And when we built showcases last fall, that was kind of a big part of why we were doing it. How can we put your collection into a mini collection so that you can earn stuff? And uh, to see it manifest is great. I think, again, this goes back to like, why have you not done this or that yet? And the answer is it takes time. And when it comes to the showcase challenges where we're trying to get quests out of our lexicon. Um, when it comes to showcase challenges, I think it, it is a product of like, we have so many ideas like it that we know, like we need to figure out how to execute on them. But I, I agree. I think that it does change the game. And uh, as you saw during, imagine if we had that ready for the NBA finals, when we had those showcase quests for every finals game, like, if we could have a game of the week or a game of the night, whatever it looks like long-term, we can really turn the predictive excitement of fantasy sports into kind of using Top Shot on a daily basis. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited about what that could look like. Yeah, uh, so I mean, I think that everyone's really excited about the direction of Top Shot, which is funny to say, because a month ago, um, I'm sure, you know, it, it, it felt very differently as the finals was wrapping down, people were, I think the finals in real life experience was sort of the catalyst that sort of created this ripple um, that, that that's going on right now. Uh, what's the most, is there like the most absurd conspiracy theory you've heard uh, about Top Shot or about what you guys are doing or not doing that you want to share that you like you just heard and you just go, wow, uh, this is pretty crazy. I mean, every day I hear something new. I would say the one that was the most frustrating and I to this day feel sad that like my internal reaction was this, but when the iRacer stuff was happening, I was genuinely like mad and, and I was kind of annoyed. And like, that was not fair to iRacer at all. Like he's a great member of our community. And for me to not be able to enjoy his string of like amazing luck was just, kind of like that was the reality I could not be I, I that was such a headache that was so un like we had no way to prevent that from happening and everyone's like they're rigging it because he's a mod it's like do you really understand how this like why would we do that why would we go yeah, out of I'm sure to, I'm sure you really like that's something that you really would welcome and no one would connect the dots on you like purposely selecting mods to give these amazing experiences to yeah, and then we ended up having to fold the mod program because it's not fair that he's getting death threats that he got <laughs> chosen for a contest. And he, it's just like a ridiculous, like people really, the internet brings some of the best out of people and a lot of the worst out of people. And I think that was the one where I was just kind of like, it sucks that I can't be happy for this guy. It sucks that 
um, like publicly speaking, like I've had good relations with him. He's done a lot of great work for our Discord community. Do I wish he didn't also get the Chris Paul number one serial? Probably, but like at the end of the but day, it's like, it's like people are just so quick to want to spread FUD and like doubt. And the reality is like, look, if we wanted to give Andrew Brown, like iRacer a, a good situation, we would drop him dapper balance so that he could buy whatever he wants in the market. Like giving him a pack that everyone can then detect. And then the, the other one was the Josh Hart dynamic where everyone thinks they're such a genius because they're like, can't believe that they would give six rare packs to Josh Hart. This is ridiculous. He's a million. It's like, he's a partner of ours. And the fact that he's into our product means that he's an invested and like authentic brand spokesman. You guys can't have it both ways where it's a travesty that we're giving people that are great ambassadors for Top Shot product and then be upset if they are like promoting our product right? or excited that they're promoting our product because those two things go hand in hand. Jacob, I want to thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you. And I kind of feel like I bookmark like my NFT experience in this space, like through our conversations now from the first one to the second one. So much has happened in, uh, you look well, you look less stressed than the last time I saw you, you, you know, you look like you're in, in, uh, good health and good spirits. And that makes me happy to see. And as always, thank you for the work that you do. And on behalf of all the Packrip media team, we're really appreciative of, um, the support that that Packrip media in particular has received from top shot. Uh, it's been really incredible partnership and we're really excited to continue to work with you guys. Yeah, we love the content that you all are uh, pushing out. And Jeremy, always a pleasure to catch up. Appreciate the kind words. I will say Fresh Direct, which is a supermarket chain in New York that delivers. It's been a godsend because now I have prepared meals. There was a good like <laughs> maybe six week stretch where I was like not, I was like inadvertently fasting to like 5 p.m. every day just because like I would wake up into the storm and then. Jacob, I don't know if you realize what you've done now. Everyone's going to search all the executive team from Fresh Direct, and they're going to see if there's a Top Shot account. And then they're going to see, have they been given any in real life experiences or number one serial numbers? You've just opened up a huge uh, can of worms. So hopefully this won't come, you know, back to bite you. Rumor has it the CEO of Fresh Direct was also a mod on our Discord team. <laughs> what are the chances? No. Thanks so yeah, much for joining. I, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And let's have you on in another couple months and kind of see where you are. We'll look at the uh, your general health. I'll do another health assessment of you as I do each time you come on. And uh, it's always good to have you on, man. Thanks so much for joining. Absolutely. Thanks. And uh, good luck to your polls. I need it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jacob Eisenberg. Again, always a pleasure to have him on. Going to be bringing you some great episodes, both on the NFT stream, as well as the PackRip Media podcast stream. Uh, On the PackRip Media podcast stream, going to have a great episode from here for the moments coming to you with Tatiana Dumas this week, as well as an episode of Around the Metaverse, a new show with Adam Fish and PackRip Ewing. And lastly, uh, around Tuesday or Thursday, one day this week, I'll be dropping uh, an interview that Adam did uh, around Candy Digital. So lots of good stuff coming your way. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast streams as well as, uh, you know, follow Packard Media on Medium. Uh, but that's it for Dr. Jeremy. 
uh, signing off, thanking you for your support and listens, and uh, we'll talk soon. Peace.